Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. My next guest lives on the farm where he grew up in Yamhill, Oregon. He grows cider apples and wine grapes, among other endeavors. He's also a New York Times columnist, has been since 2001, and a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. This is Nicholas Kristof. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate, well, I've appreciated twice now the essay that you have written about guns. Well, thank you, and uh, greetings from the wilds of Oregon. What's it like up there? You're really up in the corner, aren't you? I guess that's wine country. Yeah, it is. It's sort of funny, because, you know, when I was growing up, it wasn't, one country at all. It was, um, you know, agriculture, timber, and light manufacturing. And then those jobs went away, and it just caused tremendous distress in the area. But then the wine, it turns out that we grow incredible Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and in this um, part of the world. And that has created some new jobs, albeit not so much for the people who had been in the old sawmills. I love the Pinot Noirs from the Willamette Valley. Would you consider, I mean, is, is that where Yamhill, yeah, Oregon is located? Yeah, uh, we're right on the, uh, but I got to correct the pronunciation, it's Willamette, uh, Willamette Valley. So Willamette. Uh, we're right where the Willamette Valley goes into the coastal range, uh, truly God's country. I'm thirsty all of a sudden. Let's talk about guns. <laughs> are you are you in a way I've posted your piece in my social media and I've already spoken about it. Are you waving a white flag of sorts? Not a white flag, but I think that we need to be more focused on results and consequences. And I think that sometimes a maximalist approach from liberals has um, rather than actually you know, <laughs> reducing gun deaths has managed to get gun owners, you know, with their back against the wall and has made it harder to actually make progress. So I think we need to focus on, you know, what can actually be achieved. And we're not going to eliminate gun deaths, but I think we can realistically, you know, reduce them by a third or maybe more, you know, save, you know, 15,000 lives or more a year. And, but I think we just have to do it really carefully and recognize there are a lot of really dangerous products in society that we figure out how to live with uh, from cars to cigarettes to alcohol. And we have managed quite effectively to reduce the toll of those. We need to do the same with guns. If I were interested in adopting a dog in Mississippi, what's the process like? <laughs> so in, it, even in Mississippi, it turns out to adopt a little chihuahua, you have to go through um, you know, is a bunch of steps. I forget exactly how many, seven steps maybe, um, and uh, to, to actually get approval to adopt your, your Chihuahua. To get a uh, AR-15 or any other gun, um, 
You can do it if it's a private sale with no formalities whatsoever. If you do it through a, uh, a gun shop, then there it's a it's a two-step process. So the bottom line is that it's much simpler to adopt a Chihuahua than to acquire you know a a deadly weapon used in war. And that's the point and that, that you make. No we, we need we need to use a harm reduction approach, a harm reduction strategy of the same type that we've addressed toward alcohol or firearms or automobiles. Exactly. I mean, if you look at automobiles, so um, we have reduced the uh, the per mile fatality rate for vehicles by more than 90 percent since 1921. And it wasn't one thing. It was a thousand things. It was, you know, seatbelts and padded dashboards and better designed roads and graduated licenses for young drivers and crackdowns on drunk drivers and so on. And in the same way, there's no one thing that is going to reduce gun deaths, but there are a whole bunch of things. And, you know, they uh, include, uh, you know, in particular, limiting access to guns, and I would say to ammunition, to people who have a uh, not just a felony record, but maybe a violent misdemeanor record to people who have a record of stalking. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy, but only 10 states in the U.S. Um, prevent somebody with a stalking conviction uh, from buying a firearm. You know, that should be an absolute red flag that keeps somebody from acquiring a weapon. You first published the essay that has drawn me to you today back in January after two mass shootings in California claimed 18 lives. And of course, the reason for the republication, sadly, is because of what just transpired in downtown Louisville. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. What was the reaction like, particularly from friends on the left when you first published in January? So I think that 
there has been some pushback uh, from the left and a feeling that, look, you know, you're this is, you're making it way too complicated. What we need to do is just ban guns. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I just think that, A, that's not going to happen in many ways. Uh, much of the country is going in the other direction. Um, the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Second Amendment right now makes it really hard even to regulate weapons. Um, Heller. But too, yeah, but too often, you know, the left, the result is people just kind of give up. And in fact, you know, we do have a toolbox and it's not the best toolbox and it's kind of it'd be great if we could do more. But are there things we can do? You know, I'm so I'm here in Oregon. It's a, it's a blue state. Um, the age to buy a uh, handgun here in a in a in a private sale uh, is 18. An 18 year old can can buy a handgun in Wyoming. Maybe the most pro gun state there is. It's 21. You know, if Wyoming can limit handgun sales to people who are 21 or over, then surely any other state can do that. And you know that that won't save a ton of lives, but it will save some. You point out that since 2020, an additional 57 million guns have been sold in the United States. Quote, so as a practical matter to save lives, let's focus on harm reduction. That's how we manage alcohol, which each year kills more than 140,000 Americans, often from liver disease, three times as many as guns. Prohibition was not sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. We license who can sell liquor. We tax alcohol. We limit who can buy it to age 21 and up we regulate labels and we crack down on those who drink and drive it's a very practical approach but i have to ask nicholas christoph what what makes you think that the nra would be any more receptive or second amendment purists would be any more receptive to what you're proposing this so-called smarter way to reduce gun deaths than they would be to the more conventional methods of we need to get rid of guns we need to stop the ars so I think you're right that, you know, a lot of the the purists, um, you know, would find this unacceptable. But I would point out that, you know, for example, as I said, Wyoming limits um, uh, handgun purchases to people 21 or over. North Carolina, which, uh, you know, is is no blue state until very recently had a uh, requirement to have a license to uh, buy a gun, which is something that, you know, that every state should have. And, you know, here in Oregon. So I. Oregon is in general a blue state, but I happen to live in a red uh, pro-Trump agricultural corner of it. And I have conversations all the time with uh, friends who are, you know, who who are very, very pro-gun. And the, you know, it's a little easier because people know I grew up on a farm um, and they know me. But I say, um, look, you know, if Wyoming can do this, then, you know. Isn't it reasonable? We all know that there has to be some minimum age to buy a gun. Um, you know, should that be 14? Should that be 18? Or should that be, as in Wyoming, 21? Um, we all know that somebody's at greatest risk to themselves and to others when they have a domestic violence protection order against them. Um, isn't it reasonable to try to figure out ways to limit that person's access to a, uh, to a firearm? Uh, you know, what about somebody who's got a violent misdemeanor connect, uh, conviction? Shouldn't they be disqualified from owning a weapon? And people are willing to have those conversations. They may or may not agree with me, but they do see the toll. Um, safe gun storage is another thing that would uh, reduce uh, both suicides 
And, you know, we have something like 400,000 guns stolen each year, uh, getting in the hands of, of, you know, by definition, criminals. Uh, and uh, the safe storage would reduce that. So, you know, can we... I, we certainly wouldn't be able to get everything that I want. I think that there are some that it is possible to craft uh, some measures that do advance the agenda and, and do save some lives. I imagine that when you leave me in a few moments, callers will say, among other things, there's not a constitutional protection for alcohol, for tobacco or vehicles the way that there is for weapons. Doesn't that compound all of this? We don't really know. I mean, we don't know exactly how the Supreme Court is going to take uh, some, you know, h- how far it's going to take its decisions. Um, we do know that the Supreme Court is willing to uh, accept some restrictions on firearms. After all, you know, we uh, uh, people cannot just go out and buy a automatic weapon. Um, uh, they can't even go out and buy a silencer without, you know, going through a lot of uh, paperwork. So we all accept, whatever our politics, that there should be some limits. Nobody thinks individuals should be able to have an anti-aircraft gun in their backyard. And the question is where that line should be drawn. I would argue that a time when we're uh, losing close to 50,000 Americans a year from gun violence, that we need to move that line and adopt you know, policies that will keep Americans safer. I personally like the Massachusetts approach, as you've described it, quote, in effect, Massachusetts applies to firearms, the sort of system that we routinely use in registering vehicles and licensing drivers to save lives from traffic deaths. That ought to be the model. Absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, and there are just a a ton of things like that. You know, if we could raise the the cost, every 1% increase in the cost of handguns reduces demand by 2 or 3%. One of the ideas that I like is placing an import tariff on imported handguns, because that's something that American manufacturers of handguns would love. It would reduce the competition. It would then raise prices, and the result would be, you know, somewhat fewer handguns sold in the U.S., um, with domestic gun manufacturers in favor of it rather than against. So, you know, I just think we shouldn't give up. It's going to be a little harder at the congressional level, a little easier at the state level to get things done. Um, California is a model where they have taken a bunch of steps uh, that resulted in a, um, uh, a gun fatality rate in California that's 38 percent below the national average. Um, you know, we can do that in some other states. One final observation. I'll bet a cynic would also say that this is all well and good for the law abiding, but the people we most need to be concerned about aren't going to play by any of the rules, whatever they might be. I uh, noted, uh, printed out your column and, and heavily noted it for thoughts that I had. And one of the things that jumped out at me was one study in crime guns recovered that by police departments found that only five out of 846,000 were identified as one of these hunting rifles that you identify as five of the most common American guns and hunting rifles that are on the market. So the point being that when we talk about laws, we're really addressing the people who probably aren't responsible for gun violence in America. You would say what to that? So there is something to that. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about gun policy. Essentially, there are, you know, uh, to save lives, we need a a three-legged stool. We need these measures addressing guns, but we also need uh, law enforcement action 
against, uh, you know, in particular gangs are a problem in urban areas. Um, and so that law enforcement approaches uh, targeting uh, illegal guns in the, hands of ga- in the hands of guns, they do they do save lives. They do work. We need that. Um, we also need broader measures that uh, reduce the, you know, the flow of people into gangs. The Chicago has sort of social interventions, getting people to graduate from high school after high school, getting them on a path to join the military, to get a job, to, to do education. All these kinds of broader uh, social measures that reduce the, the number of disaffected. Um, but uh, so it's not just guns and we do need to improve law enforcement, um, but guns are a part of it. Uh, you'll be happy, I hope, to know that you inspired our poll question today. I, I did the best that I could at paraphrasing, limited by, I don't know, 40 uh, words or something. TC, how's the voting on that? Tell Nicholas before he leaves us. So the voting is, is heavy, over 14,100 votes. And the way you worded it was, do you agree or disagree? The best way to fight gun violence is through harm reduction efforts like those used to reduce deaths from other dangerous products, such as cars and cigarettes. It's running r- roughly 54% to 46 percent with 54 percent agreeing uh thoroughly unscientific oh, nicholas christoph but i thought you'd get a kick out. i hope i did all right with the paraphrasing it's it's a it's a lengthy column that absolutely. you wrote yeah absolutely uh, and you know i mean that's encouraging um and you know that maybe does suggest there is this you know narrow path we're not going to win everybody over we can maybe win enough to make a difference thank you so much for the dialogue get back to the pino okay take care michael that's Nicholas Kristof, ladies and gentlemen, two times Pulitzer Prize winner from The New York Times. His column is a must read. It's posted, of course, prominently at Smirconish.com today. He says, let's focus on harm reduction strategies of the type that we've used for, for cars and for tobacco and for alcohol. Does that make sense? This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. 
The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Well, I thought that was an interesting conversation and it has spurred a lot of lot of voting at Smirconish.com. Please continue to vote on today's poll question. Should we shift to a harm reduction strategy relative to guns? Tom, you're in Louisville. Uh, my condolences. I understand that one of those we lost yesterday, a close friend of yours. Friend of the family, yes, sir. And also my wife was about, I don't know, about a, little, about a block away when everything happened. She called me because I'm a truck driver and I was in Indianapolis when it happened. But she called me panicking because I'm a combat vet. She was like, what do I do? And I said, well, just stay low. And as soon as it quiets down, then take off. You know, but she was less than a block away when it happened. And she was because she was downtown in downtown Louisville when it happened. Tommy Elliott, Jim Tut, Josh Barrick, Juliana Farmer, Deanna Eckert, the victims. Tell me. Tell me about Juliana Farmer. She was a nice lady. She was a friend of the family. She was a very nice lady. She was committed to her family. She was just a wonderful person all around. Um, Here's the thing. I want to know when is enough going to be enough. That's my question. You know, I mean, because all we hear is, well, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. I'm tired of hearing about thoughts and prayers. I'm tired of this. You know, the Nashville shooting, Uvalde. I mean, we can go all the way back to Columbine. I'm 47 years old. I can go all the way back to Columbine. I'm tired of this. When is enough going to be enough? When is Sandy Hook going to? I mean, what what is it going to take? The answer, okay. The, the problem, answer, the, the answer, the, problem, the answer is never. The answer is never. I mean, sadly, I wish that weren't the case, and that's why I was so interested. Thank you, Tom. Again, I'm sorry about the, the loss of a family friend. That's why I was so eager to. Uh, chat with Nicholas Kristoff about a more practical solution. Xander, you're in Lafayette, Colorado. Quickly, if you don't mind. Okay, thank you, Michael. I just want to say I'm kind of surprised and have issue that uh, both you and Nicholas are saying Second Amendment purists, when I really think it should be described as Second Amendment extremists. I think it's part of the problem, honestly, that we use the term pure, when I don't think it's a pure interpretation of the Second Amendment. I think it's extremist. I have to come up with a better, you're right, and I need to come up with a better way of expressing the view where I'm trying to say that when I look at those words, how many, 20-something, a well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The interpretation by Scalia in Heller, Justice Scalia, is that the individual's right to a gun attaches independent of a militia, and that is not how I see it. Bob, you're in Marion. Quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, hi, Michael. Thanks for my, taking my call. I think we just have a national psychosis with guns. It's the same thing with uh, death threats. And I think that what we need, and it's been effective with cigarettes, is a national campaign, TV media campaign, against guns and it it may take five years or 10 years but it's got to be something to sink into the public mind a national campaign that says what well you know about gun control about taking guns off the street about the harm of of uh guns about 
understand your. I mean, there's a million things you could say. I'm not an advertising. Just, exec, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I, making it like the issue, the mantra that we are constantly drilling home. I, I have totally. to say this. I, I thank you, Bob. I've read in about the shooter whose name I don't want to say uh, in Louisville. Twenty-five-year-old worked most recently as a syndications associate, portfolio banker, former athlete, dad who coaches the, you know, the local basketball team. I, I, I don't know what the flags were. It seems like a rather normal upbringing and experience, which frightens me even more. You know, when I read these stories, when you when you you don't see it coming. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.